basically what happens then is like she gets kidnapped by the Abrasixes and various things. You know, she meets uh, Kalik, who explains all the weird Earth lore. Um, but then she meets uh, Titus, who is like, okay, here's the thing. And For, Titus is the, the rugby player brother. The rugby player sportman. He's like, firstly, I know you're I genetically identical to my mom, but you're looking fucking sexy. <laughs> <laughs> mom? You're looking fine as hell. <laughs> Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm B-Royalty. And this week, we talk a lot about noble titles as we watch Jupiter Ascending. Before we sick our dog boyfriend on some flesh harvesters, remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. <laughs> What's up? We've been on a bit of a sci-fi kick lately. Um, last last episode, we watched uh, the Star Wars prequels. I don't think Undertale's really a, a sci-fi, but it's, you know, it falls into some fantastic tropes about kingdoms and, and you know, royalty. And uh, we really, we really stepped in it this time <laughs> with Jupiter Ascending, I think. Yeah, we really, we're, we're a, a knee deep, I would say. Mm-hmm. Knee deep in bees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Layla, did you watch this movie in theaters when it came out? God, I wish I did. <laughs> I regret nothing more than not giving the Wachowski sisters the benefit of the doubt and going to see this full IMAX. This would have actually looked great in IMAX. Uh, when did you see it? Honestly, funny thing, I saw it right around when I watched uh, Fast and Furious. It was that summer. So like two years ago. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. man, you must have had a great summer in no. 2019. Or, wait, what am I talking about? Last year's summer. It was the, it was quarantine summer. Oh, okay, never mind. You, I was there. We were both there. We both had a bad time. We both had, yeah, this, it's why this podcast is a thing. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, well... Uh, I hope that uh, the antics of Amila Kunis uh, cheered you up during that terrible time. Um, so, just to to briefly summarize, we're gonna we're gonna try something new and actually talk about the plot a little bit today. But um, what a what a thing to start that with. Yeah, uh, but to summarize, um, so basically, what happens is Mila Kunis is this girl named Jupiter Jones. Um, she's she realizes that she is a space monarch, um, and that like she is basically alien royalty um you know humans apparently didn't come from earth they they come from this planet very far away and she discovers that she is the reincarnated like mom of the three most powerful people in in the galaxy i guess uh, they're called the abrasix siblings um she realizes that she is their their reincarnated parent and that she has a title and Earth is included in her her title. And if you know anything about Crusader Kings, you know that titles are very important when it comes to claiming uh, property. So she has to go claim her title uh, and prevent the Abrasix siblings from harvesting Earth because also they live forever by melting humans down into um, flesh serum and putting and doing cool baths in it. And she gets some help from Channing Tatum, who is like a wolf, a wolf man, 
which is neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's the gist of that two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah, it's completely straightforward. I don't see anything that could maybe trip somebody up. Uh, but if you are maybe a, a new-time listener... Um, I'm going to be not a new time listener. That's not a thing. Uh, Somebody who has not watched Jupiter Ascending. Uh, We're, God, we have recorded so many podcasts the last two weeks. We're falling (laughs) apart here. Genuinely, Uh, (laughs) softly losing it. um, uh, Let's talk about the characters real quick. Um, How do you feel about Jupiter Jones, Layla? I mean, like, I think think there's a, a, a bit of a review you posted in our outline that I think I agree with. She is what every girl wants to roleplay on a message board in 2002. She wants to be the cool space monarch with the cool winged wolf boyfriend on roller skates. Um, that being said, like, that culture is such a microcosm of... It's such a time capsule, right? So, like... There's not really role-playing forums so much anymore. I remember I used to do it a lot on, like, the Inuyasha forum on AdultSwim.com. Yeah, of course. Like, Natch. And I did have, like, a beautiful little Mary Sue OC. Love her to death. Um, She was a half-bat, half-wolf demon. Watch out. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, (laughs) actually, basically, basically, she was Channing Tatum. But, um... I was gonna say, yeah, that's exactly what Channing Tatum (laughs) is. But, like, that being said, I feel like uh, uh, some of the the issues with Jupiter, like, not having a ton of agency are also kind of part of that time capsule. Because even in those fantasies of, like, being uh, the cool space lady with the cool dog boyfriend, uh, unfortunately, we were still not quite up to date on our cultural discussion of internalized misogyny and so like damsel and distress narratives were very like prevalent even in a fantasy where you had all the power you know like yeah i mean part part of the fantasy is to be rescued by the cool hot wolf man yeah a wooga so uh <laughs> so that was I, the most <laughs> lifeless a wooga i've ever heard in my life yeah, it's been a rough week um but uh yeah it's <laughs> I'll give you a heartier one when we start talking about <laughs> uh, one of our about siblings. Wise? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That's how I feel about Jupiter. <laughs> how about you? I mean, no, I think she's largely fine. Mila Kunis does her best with what she's given. Um, you know, there's some actually genuinely very funny lines that she delivers in a, in a very fun way. Like when she's flirting with Kane, who is the aforementioned wolf boyfriend, like and she's like trying to hook up with him. She's like, oh, and he's like, well, you know, you're you're a monarch and I'm just a weird mercenary ex-soldier hybrid creature. We could never be together. And she's like, well, that's not true. I love dogs. I've always <laughs> loved dogs. <laughs> And then he like walks away, and she's like, "Ah, that wasn't that was no good." <laughs> <laughs> well, so speaking of our uh, hybrid winged rollerblading uh, ex-soldier Merc uh, Channing Tatum, uh, how do you feel about Kane Wise? 
I mean, I kind of love him. He's like extremely like, okay, I this is my first TTRPG character. I'm going to go <laughs> through the rule book and combine every single cool trope. He's going to have the dragon wings, but also he's going to have them cut off because they're part of his tragic backstory where he was, you know, cast out by his family. But also he's a werewolf, but also he has a magic item that just lets him do cool roller skates. And also he's got plot armor and like a fucking laser shield. Uh, and, you know, he he's, like, edgy and dark and moody and is just searching for his pack, uh, which means, you know, a, a young woman he can take care of, which, you know what, that's fine. Uh, I, I love Kane Wise. Uh, I think that for what he's doing in this movie, he is exactly what he should be, no more, no less. Yeah, he, uh, he definitely, I'll say he ranks on the list of dog boyfriends i don't know very highly but he's on there he's made the he's made the tier list um i don't know if it was just me but like was there something weird about his face or like was he wearing eyeliner in a way that like made his face look funny or am i I just it looked squarer than it usually does i'm not Hmm. sure about eyeliner but i was only half watching the movie because i've seen it a couple of times so i would have to that's fair i just you know i thought they might have like accentuated his wolf features more oh for sure like all they did is say that like one day he like tore someone's throat out uh because he's genetically programmed to do that or whatever well fuck it let's let's look mr tatum because he definitely looks different than like say a magic mic oh he is definitely wearing eyeliner Okay, okay, good. Yeah, just smudged eyeliner, and they did something to... I have a... Hold on, there's one, a regular picture of him right next to it. So, definitely did something to... I think they... His, like, goatee is doing something to his jaw, too, and the wolf ears are just, like, very pointy. He looks squarer, and he's wearing (laughs) a smudged eyeliner. I love this look for him. Let's start... Do we want to start with, with Balaam? Yeah, um, this is Eddie Redmayne, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Balaam, Baleem, uh, he is the main big bad of the Abrasix family. He, he's the one who murdered, uh, Jupiter Jones' previous life slash his mom. Um, and he's, he talks in, like, a weird voice, like this. And then sometimes he's shouting! No middle ground. No middle ground. He either talks in that voice or sometimes he's shouting. There's no middle ground. Yeah, he's he's either doing a weird whisper like this where he just wants to tell you about his magical empire or he's like, kill her! Dragon people, kill her already! It's weird. I think my favorite one is when Jupiter's like, a hundred people died to create this serum. And he's like, I create life! And I destroy it. <laughs> Like, it's just such a contrast. The performance is immaculate. It's great. You know, Eddie Redmayne got a lot of shit for, for this role. I think I think he also, like, won an Emmy or something, whatever TV award you win, uh, movie award you win, because he also played um, Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything. Uh, I believe that was that was him uh this yes. year but like yeah it was he, he won like both um an oscar and a razzie for this performance like in the same year so like honey he has the range yeah like i don't think that's that's a dunk on him i think he's just a good actor i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i thought he was hot in this movie but then again eddie redmayne is my post benedict cumberbatch white man du jour you know what i mean 
Mm, okay, yeah. yeah. You you had to sort of switch out the uh, sharp cheekbones for a little bit more eccentricity. Yeah, so I, I had to ditch. Uh, I outgrew Mr. Cumberbatch, and then now my uh, strange, slightly bird-like white man of choice is Eddie Redmayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Titus didn't do it for you. No, he's too... He looked like he should be playing uh, rugby, you know? He does. He does look like some sort of weird sports guy. He's <laughs> a big, like, jock energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, so he... His... Mm, we'll talk about it in the plot breakdown, but his whole thing is that he wants to marry Jupiter to, you know, allegedly to save her because... Or, you know, to make sure that all his titles get transferred to her when he's assassinated. Uh, but actually, he's going to kill her, and then her titles will get us transferred to him. Uh, so it's it's a really really good plan. Um, I just think he I just think he wanted to have a party. Honestly, it seems like he was just kind of bored, and he wanted to have an excuse to get dressed up and hang out with all his millions of sim people. I respect that because the looks in this movie pop the fuck off. The movie, the outfits are incredible. Don't Imagine. get me wrong. Lastly, there's Kalik Abrasix, who is this... God, I just... I don't think they give Kalik enough. I mean, basically, she does all of the the lore dumping, um, where she's like, hey, I abducted you, Jupiter, now I'm going to tell you what's going on. Uh, so basically, uh, we can live forever, and, you know, humans actually killed the dinosaurs we invaded, and then we wiped out the dinosaurs, <laughs> um, which is a very fun plot point. Um yeah, and then she gets stolen away from Kalik, and Kalik, like, you know, never shows up in the story again, I think. Yeah, um, I have no thoughts on her. She's, you know, she's there, she lore dumps, and then she has a cool hairdo, and she leaves. Yeah, yeah, she's largely unimportant, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to hit, I wanted to talk about a couple scenes in this movie, um, mostly so we could sort of keep the audience engage and sort of understand why the, some context for what we're talking about but also just because there there's some that stood out to me um so like i liked the introduction of of, of us we learn how, who jupiter's character is right we we get the scene of her waking up in like this very small apartment with her mom at like 4 45 a.m and we get this montage of her you know just being like uh i have to clean toilets all day because that's their jobs they like go into rich people's houses and they they clean toilets and they like make up the bed they're, they're housekeepers um essentially um and i thought that was pretty good i mean basically just set up like hey this is you know this is our protagonist it shows that she is you know not not a rich person she this is her you know i wish thing is like her is the opening dialogue where she talks about how her dad uh, met her mom while they were stargazing he was stargazing on, on the river volga and almost freeze to death uh because he just like loves the stars so much and i thought that was really cute um you know i i thought it, i thought it was a, just a pretty effective character intro overall and it kind of get introduced to a lot of his uh a lot of the other characters you know her aunts and cousins and we see that like they're all just sort of like in this one you know family that's all just trying to pull their money together and 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 try to scrape for a better life and you know i thought it was pretty good yeah i really liked it i mean generally speaking like a montage like that you really got to sell your character and listen again jupiter jones is uh, a vehicle for like young sci-fi fantasy uh so to have her come to be like a baby of love because you i mean with character backgrounds like this you either need her to be the daughter of the love of all time or tragic backstory and to have her be a product of love is great and it balances out kane's 
tragic ass shit. Um, and it's cute. And I really like all those scenes. Uh, and again, it's like effective to have her be literally scrubbing toilets, which is the go-to kind of like example of a blue collar job, right? When people talk about, they talk about like plumbers and people who scrub toilets, uh, and then have her be space royalty. It's a lovely little contrast. I'm into it personally speaking. Yeah, it's great. Um, and that sort of leads into this, this scheme that her cousin has where, um, he's like, okay, here's the thing, Jupiter, people love eggs, um, woman eggs specifically. (laughs) Um, and like he, he convinces Jupiter to harvest or like basically sell her eggs, uh, to, you know, like a, like a fertility clinic, basically. Um, isn't that way they can make like, I don't know, like $5,000 or something. It's, it's maybe 10,000. It's not very much money, unfortunately, but like, you know, it's, it's a lot for them. Uh, Which that bitch is lucky she can do that because I've looked into it (laughs) and you need to be the pinnacle of genetic health to even fucking think about donating your eggs. I could have paid off my student loans, but I have depression, so they don't want me. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That's no good. I mean, we'll talk about the um, implications of, you know, genetics in this movie in a sec. Uh, because yeah. they they have, uh, to quote the movie, an almost spiritual significance. Yeah, woof. Which is a choice. Uh, speaking of woof, um, so she goes into this gene clinic and... Um, <laughs> It turns out all the gene doctors are like, uh, not gene clinic, but this egg clinic. Uh, and all the, the doctors and nurses are like these little aliens that are coming to like, you know, kill her. Basically, they've been ordered to kill her by the Abrasixes. Uh, and then Channing Tatum sort of blasts, blasts his way in and he, you know, fights them off and, and rescues her. Um, and, you know, aside from the fact that the egg harvesting concept is pretty wild and, and, and silly, um, I do like I do like the introduction uh, of Kane just as like this guy who's coming in to save you from <laughs> a whole bunch of weird aliens. Like it is it is not a flattering position that she is being saved in. She is like in a paper gown and like flipped, um, so she's like face down, just like sort of hovering. It's like it, it could have been you know. It's not a very sexy meet cute, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Do you know what it kind of reminded me of for some godforsaken reason? Oh, no. Of uh, Dara and Nari from uh, the City of Rest. How so? Just like a similar supernatural creatures coming to kill a secretly royal human girl. And then hot supernatural savior comes in to grab her. Okay, yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Um yeah. Just like in the broad sense, not in the Nari was trying to donate her eggs. Yeah, I was like, hmm, interesting read. Um, but yeah, no, I think that I think that makes sense. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah. So Kane rescues her with his cool um, roller skate jet boots. Uh, he whisks her away to meet his friend Stinger, who is also an ex legionnaire. Um, who is half B? Is he half? That's why his he's half B. Okay. That's why his name is Stinger. I didn't catch. He's a bee. I guess that makes sense why his whole house is like covered in beehives. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and this, I like, I like this scene because I mean we do get the part where, you know, Jupiter like disrupts beehives or, or like no, like Kane and um, this guy Stinger are fighting because you know, 
Kane is the reason Stinger got kicked out of the Legion for plot reasons. And they're fighting and like they're they're punching each other. And Stinger's like daughter comes out and she's like fourteen. And she's just like, oh, uh, is my is my dad just trying to make friends again? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. Um, but then like whatever happens, like I don't know if one of them gets thrown into a beehive or like Jupiter is just clumsy and knocks into a beehive. But for whatever reason, a bunch of bees just start, you know, swarming around Jupiter. And then they they <laughs> recognize her genetic royalty in her blood, her her blue blood. Uh, and they swarm around her. And it, it, I think it's just very funny that she, like, has the power to command bees. That's a very good superpower, I think. Because bees always know they're queen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she stands there and at the tips of her fingers are just these swarms of bees and she just kind of, like, conducts them for a minute. It's my favorite scene in all of cinema. Easily. <laughs> like, it's just such a good reveal. I'm like... <laughs> I think it's, a, I mean, it's inherently very silly, but I think it is, like, maybe the best way you can reveal that someone's secret royalty, right? Like, it, you know, to to go to another common touchstone, like, when Harry Potter learns he's a wizard, basically a big man breaks down his door and tells him he's a wizard, and he goes, I'm a what? Uh, and that's all well and good, but, like... But is he a bee queen? Exactly, like, I think this is a much more effective character introduction, because, like, you know, people who know about how beehives work are like, oh, yeah, I guess it makes sense that she would be royalty. That's why the bees are acting weird. You know, I think it's a novel and interesting concept. Um, and yeah, it, I, I really like it. And then um, later on, when they realize that, you know, all these mercenaries are going to come and try to swipe Jupiter, they like do this thing where they're getting ready to fight them off, Singer and, and Kane do. Um, and S- S- Kane like takes his shirt off and like he spends the next. 40 minutes to an hour shirtless for no reason which rules um and then (laughs) (laughs) channing tatum is such a champ listen that man exists to be objectified and he he gets paid for it and you know what god bless him Uh, god bless him but like (sighs) kane or no stinger is explaining that kane's whole deal is like he was a runt of his wolf pack or whatever and he got thrown out and like you know most of the time People who get thrown out of their wolf pack, you know, they can't survive, except unless they become a perfect killing machine like Kane is. But secretly, deep down, all he wants is to be a part of a pack. Isn't that right, Giddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My dog agrees wholeheartedly. Um, but, like, I think that is such a, you know, if we're talking about wish fulfillment, right, like, the one thing that, like, is, you know, typically you know not to speak for all young girls but like i think it is very inherently appealing to be like oh yes my sexy submissive boyfriend just wants me to be his pack leader um you know like that's that's an inherently very uh, attractive thing to to some people well it's that it's like the genetic equivalent to like uh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what am I thinking of? It's like soulmate narratives. You know, yeah. like it's a trope in fanfiction to be like, oh, I have a tattoo and I can't read it, but it's the name of my soulmate and only that person can read it. Do you not know about this? Am I blowing your mind? It's real. So then the whole thing is like they run into this person like, oh, cool tattoo. It says Chad or some shit that his name is Chad. You know what I mean? Like that's... That's uh, the summation of it, or like, oh, we're connected by the red string of fate. I'm saying this as if I'm making fun of it. No, I buy into this shit. 
Like, listen, if you present this to me in a creative way, fuck yeah. Like, it's it's just an extension of that, right? So, mm-hmm. like, is it weird that it has a genetic component? I guess. But, like, again, I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. <laughs> Great. Good. Um... Basically, what happens then is like she gets kidnapped by the Abrasixes and various things. You know, she meets uh, Kalik, who explains all the weird Earth lore. Um, but then she meets uh, Titus, who is like, "Okay, here's the thing." And For- Titus is the the rugby player, brother. the rugby player sport man. He's like, "Firstly, I know you're I genetically identical to my mom, but you're looking fucking sexy." <laughs> Anyway, I'm about to get whacked, so let's get married. Uh, (laughs) Is his whole plot point. Um, And the thing about that is, like, you know, that's a really stupid premise. um, And it, you know, the incest stuff is a lot. Don't get me wrong. But I think the wedding scene itself is extremely, like, fun and cool. Because, like, Mila Kunis is in this, like, red and white. Or, yeah, like, this this white dress with, like, these red petal stylings. And it's, like, very extravagant and cool. Uh, and, like, the entire wedding is staffed by, like, these, you know, sims. Which are, like, robots with, like, pe- with, like people faces that are, like, jutting out from them. And, like, it, he... None- he didn't have to do this because he t- he t- says like this is all just a contract, but also he just like wanted to party so bad. Oh, he wanted to party so fucking bad. He literally he could have just done what his older brother was doing and just like low key been like, hey, you're in my office, you're gonna hand off your fucking title to me right now. No, this motherfucker was like, oh, you know, we could like go to the courthouse and just like really quick. We could dress you up real cute, and I could dress up real cute, and we could meet at the altar. And uh, you'll put your hand in this machine, and, uh, like, a ring will very slowly be drafted onto your finger, and it'll be really dramatic and really cool, and you have to, like, read a speech, and then we can have drinks, and then I'll kill you. But it's uh, excellent. It's an excellent little character moment, and I love it, and I thrive for it, and I would do the same thing. Uh, I think that point is, like, where the movie should have, like, had its narrative climax, um, I think that it really loses me in the last third where where we talk about um, freaking Balim and his very boring um, like <laughs> sequence where he's just like, I'm going to kill you in this weird refinery on Jupiter, but it's going to take 40 minutes and I'm I'm going to move very slowly the whole time. <laughs> If this film ended with Mila Kunis being rescued by her newly bewinged wolf boyfriend, uh, on again, can't emphasize this enough, space roller skates. We're not fucking kidding. He's on space roller skates. If he busted through that fucking chapel roof and rescued her and it was like, you know, to be continued with, and, you know, Baleem got like more of an arc mm-hmm. in a sequel. Perfect movie, no notes. Yeah, that's well, some notes. Some notes. Mostly Listen, no notes. <laughs> notes about the genetic stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, but, I, yeah, I really think that this movie probably should have been at least two, if not three, like split between the three Abrasics, uh characters, so that way we actually they actually get arcs and we actually get a little bit more development, a little bit more pining between Mila Kunis and uh, um, Chang Tatum. But, like, yeah, I I think the Wachowskis were like, we're not going to get another shot at this. So they had to just go for it, and I, I respect that. I respect the shit out of it. Well, th- that's the thing, is there were supposed to be more movies. Like, this was supposed to be the big sci-fi franchise, uh, and I'm pissed that it isn't. 
I mean, I think uh, there's so much about this series that I love. Like we, this is coming out a week after our prequels episode. And we talk a lot about how the prequels are almost something. Um, and this movie is also almost something. It gets very close to some really neat ideas. I mean, I think the, you know, I think all the CGI spaceships look dope as hell. And there's like so many cool concepts. Like, listen, I am extremely here for a genetically modified legion of winged wolf soldiers. Like, fuck yeah, I'm sold. There's a really cool sequence where like they're defending a spaceship and like the defenses are just like waves and waves of these like circular mines and they have to like blast their way through them. And they look incredible. And I love that because it's not just like a little like a dogfighting sequence. It's just like, oh, we're just going to send waves and waves of fucking spaceships space mines at you like i think that's dope um but like it just sort of they don't i don't think the characters get enough time to really get developed um i i really would have liked more time for for especially clique but also for believe to like have actually become a believable villain besides the fact that he just talks funny um <laughs> you know and where's a cool cape yeah, there's there's also a sequence where they get her her title, and it's just like a ten minute sequence of her going through like the royal um, bureaucracy, which like <laughs> I didn't hate. I like fucking stupid bureaucracies for no reason, but like they introduce this you know you know <laughs> character who's just like I'm going to help you navigate the paperwork, and it takes them five minutes to go through all the weird royal title offices zones, and then he finally bribes someone, and then they're like, oh okay, here you go. And that's how she gets her title. It's just so, it's such a weird tangent, like for no reason. Um, I'm not saying I, I didn't like that it was in the movie, but I do think that the movie didn't need it. It feels like something that survived a rewrite. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, listen, again, this is 2004 forum roleplay, the movie. So I'm inclined to forgive it a lot. Because similar to, brace yourself, similar to, like, Promare, it's one of those movies that, yeah, <laughs> yeah Aaron's making faces at me. Um, similar to Promare is one of those movies where, like, you sit down to watch it and you don't know what you're in for, but you just become visually blasted with nonsense and I delight in almost every second of it. Like, I think I agree with you. I think the last third kind of slows down a little bit. But, like, <sighs> Eddie Redmayne whisper yelling does do a lot for me, just in terms of entertainment values. <laughs> I like it. I-, I don't know why people were like, oh, this is stupid. Like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Um... Yeah, it's yeah, not everything. Like, I mean, I think for the same reason that, the prequels, the Star Wars prequels are, like, a little bit maligned. Like, they're goofy. Anakin Skywalker, as a concept, is goofy. He's goofy in the same sense that Jupiter Jones is goofy. Like, it's... They're just goofy. Like, just lean in. Let it wash over you. Join in. I think part of the reason I don't have fun with a lot of, like, modern sci-fi fantasy, like, I didn't have a lot of fun with Game of Thrones, is because it just takes itself too seriously. We got dragons! Uh, Spaceships! Dog boyfriends! It's silly. I miss sci-fi being silly. And I think maybe that's why we got such a kick out of um, the Fast franchise is because it's unapologetically silly and people take it at face value. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. Yeah, I just I wish they had 
maybe tried to be a little bit less prestigious and a little bit more just like yeah this is some wild bullshit listen there's a fucking elephant man piloting our ship but you know we introduce him and then completely leave him alone and that's fine you know there's a there's a entire gang of dragon men who who are our weird uh, minions and you know what it's they're totally fine um you know everybody can the the fucking willis tower could get shot up by a spaceship and nobody will remember because we just have mind wiping technology like i want more of that and, and less of the you know long chase sequences you know less of the i don't know i i didn't necessarily hate the explanation for the weird space empire royalty stuff i do wish that maybe they had just given a little bit more time uh, maybe maybe a little bit more fun sequences where where Jupiter and Kane are are interacting, and less just being Jupiter being like wildly horny, which like I is understandable. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but like I I just want a little bit more character development, and that's the thing. I don't even know necessarily what I mean when I say like this needs more character development. Um, and maybe this moves on to into our marketing minute, but like. I, I do think that there is a, a version of this movie that is better and, and is better received critically and, and does be, go on to become like a very interesting franchise. Um, you know, what would what would you do to to make, you know, how, how would you try to fix the, this movie? I'm inclined to say make it a TV show. Hmm. More time. Uh, more narrative breaks at the ends of episodes instead of at the end of movies, right? More, like, opportunity to tension build. I, th- I feel like I feel like this about a lot of stuff. Like, I, I think some, some movies should just be episodic, you know? Or a series of shorter films. Like, this was a lot to cram into two and a half hours. Um, and it was thrilling. It was, it was great fun. But, you know, again, it wasn't received great because it is of a mess sometimes you know like just just to a person who's not going in knowing that they're gonna watch kind of a mess and like enjoy it for the sake of it just being like a fun exploration by two like incredibly well recognized uh sci-fi directors you know you're going in to like kind of watch the the wachowskis like riff right and if you don't have that background like if you're just like a consumer going in based on the trailer like yeah it's not really all that fun to watch it's it's confusing it's lofty you probably won't have fun but i think tv show like gives you a lot more opportunity to pull people in and gives you like more time to actually not only explain your weird space bureaucracy but maybe like flesh out some side characters that'll give that space bureaucracy life and i think the the thing for me that rang uh funny with these characters that i think is maybe why they read funny for you too is it that and they're that weird mid-ground of development where they're not quite fully fleshed out people but they're not like over overly dramatized enough to just be like tropes Right? Because I think it works at either extreme. I think it works to have really well-developed, nuanced characters. And then I think it works to have just, like, you know, like, the villain, the hero, the space boyfriend. Um, But they're just, like, just off of center to those things where it it feels like you don't know if you want them to be more dramatized or if you want them to be more grounded. But I think, like, a a longer format might have helped with that. And then you could have more side characters that could flesh out the world for you instead of uh, having info dumps. So, 
I think that's a great answer to something I've been thinking about. I, I saw this Tumblr post today about somebody bemoaning the fact that, you know, with with the new like Disney Plus and Netflix series, we we've getting we're getting you know seasons that are between six and you know eight episodes long, where we used to have you know twenty two uh, episode seasons. Um, and I know that you know from your work in animation, maybe it's better that we have short things, but. Um, I think that they made some valid points, which is that like there is a lot more time for slow, less interesting, or not necessarily less interesting, but less plot heavy, less intense, uh, you know, narrative moments, and, and a lot more just like easy slice of life um, bits where where the characters are able to just be more natural and, and allow more of their personalities to come out to to show who they are when they aren't you know under gunfire all the time, um, and I think that is it is a moment. That that is a thing that we should probably think about when when we as creatives are are trying to design characters and express who they are. Um, you know, in in my TTRPGs, I always schedule for downtime to let players express themselves as far as you know what they would be doing if they weren't on mission. Um, you know, and and when I outline in my my stories, I say, okay, this needs you know character moment where they do something that shows who they are. Um, and I don't know to which what degree i find success in those moments but i do feel like if if only jupiter ascending had been able to have a little bit more breathing room it would have been a lot more successful um at what it was trying to go for yeah i think i definitely agree with that um hey if you were a splice what animal would you be spliced with oh thank you i'm so glad you asked this question um this is kind of similar i feel like we we asked something like similar to this in kipo um Uh I think I said like some sort of bird thing, uh, but now that but, I know that I could be like a fucking dragon or a bee or a man, bee. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I like I liked the elephant man. I maybe I don't maybe want the the elephant nose, but maybe like some cool tusks. Um, but Ooh. I also want to be like a sh- like a like a shark. I think some sort of ocean creature. So like like a shark with tusks, and like I'd have a cool fin coming out of my head. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd fuck with that. I think I'd go Bird of Paradise. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, um, which are the the goof, goofy, fucked up birds that uh, their mating dance, the way they like expand their chest feathers and, and kind of like lean over, it makes their whole thing look like a smiley face when they do their mating dance. Okay, I um, see. It's those birds. And I think I would want to do something like that so then I could have some, like, armored feathers, right? Because they have, like, mm-hmm. a built-in chest yeah. plate. Um, and then I, I, I would want to be, like, a royal guard, you know? Because then I could be, like, both ostentatious and functional. And those are kind of my crossroads. Excellent, excellent. And when you go to the club and start twerking, like, everyone will see your smiley face. Uh, oh, I'll and be, be like a disco ball. <laughs> oh, yes, perfect. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I'll just be the thing the lights reflect Everyone off Everyone will of. hold their phones up and just blast you with the light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, It'll be at the club. Hell yeah. It's a short one, but you know what? We've done fucking four podcasts in the last ten days, so... Yeah, we're so tired. Um, we love our listeners, but uh, we also are going insane. Yeah. Um, Layla, when we're not trying to schedule podcasts so we can provide our 13 listeners with sweet sweet content where can people find you on the internet i'm at l-e-y-l-s-e-s on tumblr twitter those two things tumblr and twitter 
Uh, and I am currently knee deep in looking for a new job. So if you know somebody looking for an associate producer, holler at me, please. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I talk about um, writing things and TTRPG things. Um, hopefully, by the time that this episode goes up, my uh, essay for Interstellar Flights magazine about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, almost critiquing America uh, will be uh, published. So uh, please look out for that. Um, I make other podcasts. Uh, other podcast is called is at the Bible Boys. Um, I think I don't know if it'll be this week or or a week previous. Uh, time is so confusing, but uh, Michael and Josh will be doing an episode without me because I will be hopefully visiting. Uh, at this point, when this episode drops, I'll have met Layla for the first time, which is <gasps> really real fun. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Um, so that's that's fun um but yeah uh, i'll be busy um at some the week before this episode i'm cutting all this this doesn't matter um <laughs> yeah, our theme song is obsolete by keshko from the album filmmakers reference kit volume two you can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com layla when we are trying to establish our right to rule the earth what do we tell everyone You don't treat your cousin like chicken. (laughs) We'll see you all next week.